The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in Bigger Than Ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hello, I'm George Cup, And I'm Callum Gurr. And you're about to listen to the podcast version of To Be Discussed with Cup and Gurr. Please note that this is a podcast. So, it's not a live broadcast, so please do not try to vote in any of the polls or send in messages to any of our discussions, as your message will not be registered, but you may still be charged. Also, please note that not all of the opinions expressed in this podcast are our actual opinions, but may be expressed to create a better discussion. Anyway, enjoy the podcast and don't miss our live broadcast every Sunday on Wizard Radio Station. everybody and welcome to another episode of To Be Discussed with Cup and Gurr. My name is Callum Gurr and I will be joined by my co-host and political officer George Cup. Hello everyone. This evening Callum and I will prove to you that you can have impassioned debates whilst holding vastly different opinions without falling out at the end of the night. So this evening we will be discussing which is better, DC or Marvel? Which of these former leaders of the opposition would have made the best PM? And lastly, have you heard of micronations? With each of these discussions being accompanied by polls, which you have the chance to vote on at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. And these discussions will be open until the end of the song break between each topic. But first, last week we asked for you guys to send in your opinions on the question, do you trust the current government? And we've had some, well, as you can imagine, some very um, 
heated opinion to come in. Uh, the first is from Thomas. Thomas says, this is probably not surprising, but I don't trust the gov- government at all. We have a man as our prime minister um, who only cares about his own interests. He is prime minister because his lifelong dream has been to lead the country. He doesn't want to be prime minister to actually serve people or help people, but because of the position of power. Just look at what he did with Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe. His lies and inability has led to her being locked up in prison in Iran for four years now. Then look at how he has handled the coronavirus, ignoring early signs, acting too late, and then thousands of people died. And he is still not making the right decisions and acting too slowly. There's nothing about this man or the team he has around him that I find trustworthy at all. I mean, George, as I said, very, very strong opinions coming in. And what do you make of that as as a uh, as a card carrying conservative <laughs> um well it's i think it's very clear that i i'm not a uh paid up member to the uh, boris johnson fan club but even still i think that there is right to defend him in certain terms and certain areas of, of being prime minister i think that when you're in politics, it is always right to have an ambition to, to become prime minister. And yes, you can absolutely argue that maybe it is his only ambition to serve himself as prime minister. Um, but at the same time, I, I would argue against that in terms that he promised to, to get, well, huh, to get Brexit done and then he got a deal <laughs> through. Um, oh dear. I, this, anyway. Um, and, uh, and, I, but I also absolutely sympathise with you, Thomas, about uh, Nazine as well. I, I, I think that the way as Foreign Secretary he dealt with that was absolutely disastrous. And I do believe that he is to blame for the situation that she is now in. Um, with the handle of coronavirus, I, I think it's been widely discussed very often on this show that I do believe that more or less the government did the right thing um, to start off with. I think that, yes, they were maybe slow to react given um hindsight but at the time at the time that things were happening i don't think they did things that badly and i think that johnson actually did things quite well and even coming back from being incredibly ill from having coronavirus himself he came back to then lead the country again as prime minister and and i i think that that shows in itself that maybe he isn't self-serving and he actually wants to show the country that he he is there for for them um, and he wanted to get back to work straight away um i do sympathize wholeheartedly with um how you could see this government being untrustworthy i mean with what's going on at the moment in government it's absolutely i think it's right to define them as untrustworthy but even still i think that as much as there is um right to have a lack of trust in the government even at the same time there is um areas where i think that the government have made the right decisions recently and i think that they have and Johnson has had reasonably um, people's best interests at heart. Callum, what do you think of Thomas's opinion? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really an interesting one. And um, I mean, definitely in terms of um, how he handled the Nazanin Tagari Ratcliffe case, uh, it, it was not his finest hour. And as you say, George, I think it's very much... Uh, he he bears a lot of responsibility for for the plight that she now finds herself in, um, and, and I think he definitely I think that case is is just a, a symptom of what an out of depth uh, uh, foreign minister he was. 
in terms of the coronavirus, I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, George, in terms of I don't think we should engage in historical revisionism, really, in terms of saying that he, you know, ignored early signs, acted too late, uh, and that he's responsible for causing thousands of deaths. Um, I, I think we should be aware of the fact that I think coronavirus caught us all out a little bit. Um, and I think they did act pretty quickly um, as and when it was necessary. I think if they'd have taken more preemptive action than what they had done, which arguably could, could have worked out better, um, I, I think there would have been a massive stirring from from everyone really saying, but this is, you know, just a, this could be another swine flu. This could be another bird flu where um, things just haven't, you know, developed in the same way as what the kind of initial hysteria was about. Uh, I, I think there's obviously now with retrospect, um, there's an easy case to say that maybe different actions could have been taken and should have been taken. But I don't think we should just solely blame the prime minister for that. I don't think we should solely blame the current government for that. I think we should, rather than use it to, to make political points, we should now use it to inform our response to this uh, virus going forward and future future viruses as well. Um, our next opinion comes in from Joey. Um, and they say, I think it's very easy for people to blame the government, especially at the moment, for everything going on, for people dying and the world being out of order. But I don't think that's the way we should look at it. These are unprecedented times. And the COVID-19 lockdown in March was the first time we have ever had anything like that in this country. It's very easy to say that he should have done it earlier. Now it's happened. But in the moment, I think he would have had backlash if he had acted too early. Political leaders aren't superheroes. They can just use their own judgment and the expertise around them to make the best decisions they can. But they make so many decisions every day that they will make many mistakes. This might sound naive, but I trust that they're doing everything they can to lead this country the way their voters want them to. And that's fair, in my opinion. Well, Callum, I think it's quite a just argument coming from Joey there. Yeah, I, th I think it's a really, really sensible um, response, actually, Joey. And I, I think it, it's dead right. And it, it's kind of the attitude I think both me and George have always had about uh, kind of our political op opponents as such in terms of that, that last line, in terms of they're doing everything they can to lead this country the way their voters want them to. Um, and I think I've always tried to, especially since we've been um, on Wizard Radio, try to see things from the perspective of uh, the the kind of other side. And, and I think that we should respect the fact and accept the fact that although, as Jerry says, possibly they, they've made some mistakes, the government at times, I think they are trying to lead the country and trying to make it better, but in line with what their voters want. And I think the fact that, OK, Boris Johnson's personal approval ratings maybe aren't doing as well as what they once were. Broadly, Conservative support has held up quite well through, through this crisis. And I think that's because they are governing in the way that a lot of people wanted them to, maybe with the exception of uh, what's going on with the, the Brexit uh, 
bills at the moment. <laughs> what do you make of that, George? Yeah, I think if I'm honest, Joey, I couldn't have actually said it better myself. Um, you you make a very important and key point that governments that are in in um, well government um, are put there by the people. They are voted into that um, position because people trusted them um, to run the country, and they, of course. Um, are doing the best they can to ensure that the country is a success. At the end of the day, that it's the government want the country to be a success. They want the country to still be a forefront uh, uh, in trade talks, in, in ensuring that the, that we're a big country um, in terms of GDP and and so on and so forth. And the, the government is never there to try and um, make our country worse in 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 their minds they're trying to make the country better um and i think that it is very important to 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 look at what they are doing and, and actually as Canal says the approval ratings that are going around the conservatives somehow are still the in the majority of the polls are top of those polls they haven't really dropped um percentage in in terms of vote share uh, and i think that just goes to show the the impression that they have been given off to the rest of the country um and i think that joey you are so right as well in saying that if in actual fact Johnson had put the country into lockdown earlier, he would have faced backlash because of that as well. And I think that this is the big thing if you are um, in government, or especially if your prime minister, is that you are doomed if you do and doomed if you don't. Because if you do something, you're going to get criticisms. And if you don't do something, you're going to get criticisms. Um, and that's the biggest thing is that you, you're not going to please everyone in this world. Um, uh, and I think that it just shows immensely in politics. Yeah, that's why I think it's uh, the easiest time to, to lead the country is in opposition <laughs> in many ways. Um, right, uh, moving on to our final opinion, just very quickly. It's from Keena. Keena says, do I trust them? Absolutely not. Do I think they're trying to make the best of a bad situation? Yes. 2020 has been a very difficult year. Who would have predicted a new virus that is highly contagious, deadly and with no cure? If you'd watched any dystopian movie ever, you know that these are not easy times. But compared to other countries like the USA and Brazil, we're in a much better position and I don't hate them for their coronavirus response. But that doesn't mean I trust them. They're in it for themselves and people who are like themselves, rich white people. They're here to protect themselves and a lot of their decision making is to either make themselves look good or make their friends look good. I'm not like them. I don't look, look like our government or their friends, so I wouldn't trust them with my life for a second i mean sure that was a real kind of back and forth opinion in many ways i mean i mean what do you make of it but it's obviously very strongly worded yeah it is very strongly worded um and i i kind of reiterate the point that i made earlier in terms that my belief is that a, a government is never in a position of government to make the country worse they're never in a position to overly as you put it, look after themselves. I, I believe that they do what they think is in the best interest for the country at that time. And they have a mandate to do it. They were elected into that position. Um, whether you agree with it or not, they won a fair election, um, whether that, that be Labour, Conservative, Lib Dem, whoever it may be, whoever wins an election, they have been given a mandate to govern the country. And I think that as much as you may disagree with whoever is in power's politics, 
um, they're still doing their best to ensure this 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 country thrives and individuals thrive. Um, what do you think, Adam? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I I agree definitely with what you're saying, George. I don't think any government ever gets into politics or anyone gets into politics not wanting to better the lives of everyone. I think though that that taking uh, uh, Keener's point uh, in terms of governing for for rich white people, I, I think that that could very much be the case in terms of it, it not necessarily something that the government's doing on purpose or or in a sinister sense but it's because they don't have enough people maybe from a from a working class background in particular um i would say or, or just from a, an ordinary background i i think sometimes and, and that's why at points it seems like the government aren't really governing for anyone but the very people who tend to make up the bulk of MPs, which is rich white people, um, to, to be quite frank. Right then, uh, remember, we, have, we will be announcing what the question will be for you to send in your opinions on at the end of tonight's show. So make sure you're ready for that, for the chance to be featured in this segment of next week's show. We've reached time for the first song break of the evening, so we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So let's move on to our second discussion of this evening. And we're asking, which is better, DC or Marvel? So all of those people out there that are fans of both those franchises are often in very big arguments and discussions about which one is better. With DC, we have seen films of Heroes like Batman, Superman and incredible movies such as Dark Knight. And we've often had uh, discussions about Dark Knight um, on this show as well and about how incredible that is. And then you move on to uh, Marvel, where they've done all kinds of things of Avengers, um, Black Panther, Captain America and even Iron Man as well. But the question is. Is it right to even look at which one is better? Or are they both the same? Or are they both trying to appeal to different audiences? Callum, if you could pick one, what would it be? I, I think when they get it right, I think DC is better, personally. I, I think we have to be clear about the facts that, obviously, that, I mean, to the general audience, they might not uh, know, or general listener, they might not know the difference, but there'll be some who are really, really into this. Um, who who will know that obviously the the DC extended universe is is a different thing to just talking about DC in general. Obviously, this question is talking about DC in general. Um, and, and so, if we're talking about the DC extended universe, which in, includes films like Wonder Woman, but also Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel, and things like that, obviously they they're not better than what Marvel have produced in their um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. But if we're talking, and as we are talking about in general, all of the films that, that DC have ever done, I think that they, they are better. If we look at, as you mentioned, George, in the introduction, one of the most critically acclaimed films of all time, all time is The Dark Knight. Um, and that is a fantastic piece of cinema. Um, and then even more recently, I would say that the Joker movie, okay, it's not a conventional 
uh, superhero film by by any stretch of the imagination, but it's an amazing, amazing character study. Um, and, and I just think that DC in general, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why the DC Extended Universe has struggled, but I think in general DC pushes the boat out a bit more than what Marvel does. Marvel plays it very safe, very Disney almost, I think. Whereas the DC do push the boat out and they do go and do things with their films that a lot of people don't like but when they get it right they get it bang on um and and so for me i think dc is better uh what about you george it's uh it worries me how uh how often we agree on on this show now callum um <laughs> but i i i would absolutely have to agree with what you're saying um i i for me i think that dc i mean i actually before i even start saying anything i think i it's only fair that i say that i've never been um a fully paid up member to either dc or marvel i've never been one that is absolutely fanatic when the films have come out and if i've gone to see them then it's because sometimes there hasn't been anything else on or or something like that but um and it is very rare that uh, a dc or marvel film comes out that i i'm adamant that i want to go and see i mean in in recent times um the joker was one of the films that i really wanted to go and see um and also the dark knight series as well with 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 batman um but i suppose some of the avengers films as well i actually do quite like they've got they bring some level of comedic value and um and i like them for that but overall i i I think callum is incredibly right in saying that dc are um when they get it right the films are incredible and i think that it 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 shows their value when two people like myself and callum who aren't um fanatic about these two different franchises are are complementing the movies and actually want to go and see them um i think as well that dc are do a incredible thing where they don't just kind of I don't know, make it um, very, I suppose you could argue child friendly, but very kind of fairy tale where there seems to always be this kind of happy ending and a very kind of um, a nicety to it. Whereas DC is always quite dark and it's very kind of actiony as well when they actually focus on the character development and actually you actually see the the character develop throughout the film Um and for me, as a film watcher, I, I love watching that. And, and it's not just about all of the, here's action, here's a fight, here's a punch scene, everything like that. There is also that underlining story as well, which I, I think as much as Marvel is able to develop, I just don't believe that they do it as well or to a level of depth as DC do. Um, but I think that in saying this, as, as I'm explaining this, I, I think if maybe if you asked me this question when I was actually at the age of more around 13 14 15 i would probably have said marvel because it is that kind of genre of film it is also i believe trying to play to that kind of audience um so i do think that dc is very much for the older audience and very much for the audience that doesn't mind a bit of darkness and a bit of um strangeness that goes on in in films i mean callum do you are you kind of roughly on the same brain length there do you think that it is true that marvel are actually trying to appeal to a completely different audience that dc are to a certain extent yeah i mean i think it depends upon 
again what kind of DC films we're talking about. I think DCEU certainly with, with Justice League anyway, anyway was trying to appeal a lot more towards that MCU audience. And and if we look at um, Aquaman and Shazam, they're kind of more recent entries into the DCEU. They're definitely actually targeting a very similar audience to Marvel. Um, but looking at the kind of grittier tales, as you say, I mean, um, the Joker movie was R-rated, I think, and, and Dark Knight was very much a very gritty gritty tale and even batman vs superman was as well um and so i'd say they are definitely not targeting so much that uh that kind of child-friendly audience um i mean talking of the mcu as as you um, brought up george i mean obviously we, we as you said we shouldn't talk down what really an amazing achievement it is i mean the mcu is phenomenal in its own right in that although i for me personally i don't think any particular film in the mcu is as good um standalone as what uh and um the dc have managed to do outside of their extended universe i still think that the kind of interconnectivity that they have between uh, I think it's over 20 films to date and they've got more planned is something that is a phenomenal achievement and, and, and definitely shouldn't be talked down. I mean, I guess my question for you, though, George, is that we've seen with the, the advent of, of Disney Plus and, and with really the the phenomenal reception that the MCU has got now and, and the kind of bankability it's got for for Disney. Um, we're seeing that they've got a whole slate of new shows planned, t- TV shows that will go exclusively onto Disney Plus, and then they've also obviously got plenty of films, normally two a year. Obviously, with COVID, that's kind of cha- changed things a little bit. But my my question is, given also that they've got major characters now not returning, without kind of going into spoiler territory, are you slightly worried for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Do you do you think maybe the end game really, in a sense, should have been the end game, or at least will be the the peak in which in which Marvel will always never reach again? I unfortunately think that that will be the case. We we often see in in many different um film uh kind of franchises that they do reach this peak um and then you will often see kind of mini series come from it or 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 films that go off in a different direction um to still try and keep that I don't know flame alive if you like. But I I think that unfortunately and i and i don't want to be rude against disney but at the same time i I think disney are obviously in it for the money um and they want to try and squeeze um the kind of avenger franchise especially as dry as possible um and i think that they will potentially ruin that that franchise going forward and i do not think they will ever be able to get to that full kind of um momentum stage that they did where i mean i i think they were fully booked the cinemas when Avengers Endgame came out. Um, and it was something incredibly special. And I know that a lot of friends that are, um, very kind of committed fans of, um, Avengers, they were crying their eyes out at the film. And, um, I think that because of that, that kind of, a lot of people walked away from that accepting that that was the end. And I think a lot of people, wanted it to be the end so yeah i don't think it will ever get to the kind of level that we have seen i mean do do you kind of agree with that callum 
Yeah, definitely. I think you know they they've reached a a real high point, not just in terms of box office performance, but I, I think in terms of critical reception. I just don't see that that they can get that kind of. I mean, they they, they had a, a a real string of hits really that were not just at the box office performing well, but critically they were beloved really. And I I can't see that they will get that again. And I think. For me, the worry for for Marvel going forward is that because, as I said, they've got so much going on to Disney Plus now and they're really making it so that it's not just a cinematic universe, it's it's now on TV as well or or on streaming platforms. I think there's a risk they saturate the market there and, and they almost reduce the the anticipation for the films because there's always something new coming from the marvel cinematic universe whereas sometimes i think waiting can can make it better a little bit and and taking that away is maybe not the smartest move and how do you think our listeners will vote on this i think most people will say marvel though Uh, i think that 60 percent of people will say that marvel is better what about you yeah, I'm going to say for something more about 70, 75% will vote for Marvel. Um, but as always, there is only one way to find out, and that's for all of you lovely people to go and vote on this question. Which is better, DC or Marvel? And you can do that at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. And we'll be back after this. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. So before that break, we asked the question, which is better, DC or Marvel? And to find the results of that poll, please go to our Twitter page. That's at WizRadio. Right then, time to move on to our third discussion of this evening. And we are asking the question, which of these former leaders of the opposition would have made the best prime minister? So any any politico really would have seen this week that Ed Miliband's been getting a lot of praise for his performance in the House of Commons. Effectively, in my opinion, I should um, make it clear this is an opinion really, but he did seem to skewer Boris Johnson uh, qu- quite well um, over uh, the latest developments uh, in the Brexit negotiations. Uh, and that threw up the question for many people of, would it have been chaos with Ed Miliband or would he have made an effective prime minister? I mean, he certainly has his flaws, but as we saw in the House, he does have some very good strengths too. Uh, and we thought to broaden this question out a little bit and have a look at the most recent um, or at least from from our memory, uh, leaders of the opposition or the ones that at least lasted a little bit of time in the job um, and see which one our listeners would f- think would make the best prime minister if they'd been given the chance. And so the options we've got are, of course, Ed Miliband, as, as I said, Jeremy Corbyn and then William Hague as well, who I, I'm thinking, George, that probably, I mean, he's not someone I particularly remember either. I mean, do you think a lot of our, our listeners are actually going to be like, who is William Hague? I'm sure they will. <laughs> and who is he? Uh, well, William Hague was the um, leader of the Conservative Party. Um, he was the opposition or leader of the opposition uh, when Tony Blair was in position. And he was there between, I think it was 1997 and 2001. 
um, I believe. So, um, and yeah, so he was essentially what Keir Starmer is to Boris Johnson or Jeremy Corbyn was to Boris Johnson um, or what Jeremy Corbyn was to Theresa May. I'm just making a point here that Labour have been in opposition for a very long time. Um, (laughs) um, But William Hague, I I think it is very right in saying that who is he? Because, I mean, at the moment he's now in the House of Lords um, and... uh, a lot of Conservative Party members that have been around for a little while would say that William Hague would have made a very good prime minister. A lot of people did quite like him. Um, and as such, that's why he was able to to win the contest to become leader of the Conservative Party. But I, I unfortunately think that in a modern era um, or at the time when obviously um, they went to an election, he, he just wasn't good enough. I don't think that William was able to, to really ring, win round the hearts of the nation. Um, and I think as well, he was up against a very, very hard, um, obviously, Labour, new Labour, as they called it, um, when the elections came about. But I, I think for me, um, and it might be a big surprise for anyone, but it, for me, the, the, the person that I think would have made a impressive prime minister um, would have been Ed Miliband. Um, I don't think that he would have done well in 2015 when um, he initially went to to lead the Labour Party to potentially um, go into government and be successful in that general election. But I think that being on the back benches for a little while has actually done him some very, very good. Um, I, seeing his speech the other day, I was amazed i thought he did incredibly well against um johnson and i thought he absolutely destroyed him i i think that ed Miliband was really his his oratory skills really were shining like anything um and i think that he should be incredibly proud of, of what he was able to accomplish um the uh, dispatch box um and i think that moving forward if if there was a new world i think ed Miliband would be a fantastic um, new leader of the uh, labor party and potentially as i said make a reasonably good prime minister um i'm not going to say too much about jeremy corbyn because i think that he would be disastrous as prime minister and um <laughs> it's been often said and as even though i said earlier um there's no government that wants to destroy this country i i, I kind of i'm going to contradict myself because i think a government led by jeremy corbyn would destroy this country um but there you go callum who would you pick i, I mean we should probably say though i'm i'm i hope i'm right in saying that you don't think jeremy corbyn would have wanted to destroy the country though well i don't know who knows i mean he's a weird man that's dog whistle, George. That's dog whistle <laughs> politics. He definitely, uh, just uh, in all seriousness, he definitely didn't want to destroy the country. Whether that would have been the outcome, who knows? He's certainly not who I'm going to be saying. Uh, I think reluctantly, I would say Ed, Ed Miliband would have made the best prime minister. But I think that Ed Miliband wouldn't have made a very good prime minister anyway. Uh, I, I think if we're talking about in terms of the circumstances he he faced, he was seen as very, very far left um, at the time. He didn't have much actually support from his own MPs. In fact, he got in largely due to the union vote. And then that, that kind of changed. He, he actually made that change of, of how, how the voting works. Uh, and I think this, the situation that he would have faced would have mean that he wouldn't have actually made a particularly effective prime minister. 
but I prob probably on the balance of things he, he would have been more effective than Corbyn who had an even more hostile party as in his own party he was seen as even more far left and probably a lot more justifiably um so so he he's out I don't think he'd have made a very good prime minister and then William Haber I'm gonna not pretend that I know much about him I mean he, he started off as leader of the opposition when we were when we were born, George, the year we yeah. were born. So uh, I think it's it's very hard. We just obviously didn't want to to just have two two Labour op options and really rub it in their face that they've been in opposition um, for a while. Um, I, I think as well, if we if we look at Mil Miliband's actually record, I think to his shame, actually. In 2013, he he blocked um, airstrikes against Syria, and I think that 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 was a, a great mistake um, because it ended up meaning that the the rebels that actually wanted some kind of democratic process in Syria, they ended up being defeated very quickly by Assad because of the fact they just didn't have any outside help, um, and I think he showed through that vote the fact that he's actually no better than than Corbyn in terms of bowing to this kind of anti-war um, sentiment that a, a lot of the left have, which I am anti-war, but I am not anti-all war, because at points you have to do it to try and stop genocide or to stop humanitarian issues from happening. Um, and, and so I, for me, that's why Ed Miliband probably wouldn't have made a very effective Prime Minister, I mean, have I kind of, I mean, I wasn't really trying to sway you because, as I say, I don't think any of the other options would have, um, would, would have been any better. But, but have I swayed you at all in terms of you rethinking whether he would have actually made a good Prime Minister or whether it's just he's the best of a bad bunch here? Yeah, I, that is purely my argument is that he is best of a bad bunch. Um, uh, you haven't particularly swayed me, but I, I do very much sympathise with what you're saying. And, and I do, to some degree, agree with what you're saying as well. Um, and I think that it, for me, a lot of what a prime minister is, yes, as, as much as it is the stances that they have on policies, but also it's the skills that they have at the dispatch box. And I, for me, it brought me a lot of um, encouragement to see Ed Miliband do so well as an orator and i think that they were skills that people like jeremy corbyn never really had yeah yeah i think i should probably say although i've been fairly critical of ed miliband i actually think he'd made a he'd make a really good chancellor or, or something like that i just i just don't think he's a leader and and that's why i don't think he uh, he would have made a, a good prime minister um but he's more of a leader than jeremy corbyn uh for sure um who do you think is going to come out on top in this poll, George? Oh, I would have to say Ed Miliband, but I, I think, unfortunately, the, the Jeremy love is still there. So I'm going to say Jeremy Corbyn. What do you think? I think Ed Miliband will, will win this poll, but um, we will see. I've I've been shot in many a polls before, but it's the only way to find out, of course, is for you guys to vote away on this question. And it is, again, which of these former leaders of the opposition would have made the best prime minister? Is it Ed Miliband, Jeremy Corbyn or William Hague? You can do that at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen and we'll be back very soon.
and welcome back. So in Port of Break, we asked which of these former leaders of the opposition would have made the best prime minister. And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page. That's at Wiz Radio. OK, so let's move on to our fourth discussion of this evening. And we're asking, have you heard of Micronations? So a Micronation is a political entity whose members claim that they belong to an independent nation or sovereign state lacking legal recognition by world governments or major international organisations. Most are very small, but range in size from a single square foot to millions of square miles. Um, they're usually the outgrowth of a single individual. There are... These micronations called um, Republic of Rose Garden, Republic of Minerva, and also the global country of world peace. So, Callum, do you fancy yourself getting a bit of land somewhere and claiming it as Gurland? I'm actually a citizen of a micronation, George. I don't know if you knew that about me oh, or not. God, right. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a citizen of the, the Empire of Adamia. Uh, which is one of my one of my good friends from university, Adam, has has his own micronation that he founded. Oh God, I'm I'm not sure how long ago it was, but quite some time ago. And obviously, Adam Adamia, hence why it's called that, of course. And <laughs> and I'm actually well, I've I've just stood down, I've just retired, but I I was actually uh, in in the House of Citizens there, which is kind of like their parliament. Oh well, actually, it's, it's part of their parliament, um, and I was I was a, a relatively active uh, member actually um, of that micronation. I mean, it's it's all kind of good fun, all, all good spirited fun that that we have. It's it's mainly a kind of way in which I I keep in touch with with a few of my friends from from university really. Um, but so. To answer the question, I, I had uh, heard of Micronations. Um, George, had had you? I had actually heard of Micronations. Yes, I, I watched a documentary of the, uh, about them a couple of years back, um, and it was incredibly interesting to to see the, the certain individuals and, and how they decided to claim certain bit, bits of land and, and try and make their own countries, as it were. Um, but wh- I, I'm really intrigued by this kind of where whereabouts was this Micronation then? Um, so it had it had disparate lands all over the place, but uh, the two main uh, colonies, as they called them, were it was based in Yorkshire. That's that's where Adam is from. But then obviously he went to university, to the University of Birmingham, um, and so the the second kind of main bit of land they had was was in Birmingham in his student house there. Um, and we had to back when I was still at university, we we used to go for actual physical in person i mean it sounds weird in a post-covid world um but we had in person uh parliament meetings or council meetings as well because i did actually sit in the government very briefly but then i then i defected um across the house to i i like to um treat it all all as a bit of fun um and um I I like to always keep it nice and spicy and 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 keep things entertaining um, for, for what, people. What was the reason that you uh, defected, Callum? It was because the the so the government governing party was a coalition or, or the sorry the the government was a coalition and it was between the Liberal Party, which is the party I was a member of at the time. 
uh, and then one called the moderate party so a very centrist party or at least yeah. that was the kind of idea of them and uh the the liberal party and the moderate party decided to actually formally merge and become the liberal moderate party which i took great issue with the fact that we were going to become some kind of centrist party uh, it was i was much more radical back in these days and and we actually <laughs> get, went off and uh, and this will show you that we obviously take it very much with a, a pinch of salt and it's it's all, all just a bit of fun. But we actually formed a populist party, which we called the Storm Party. Uh, and the the kind of uh, <laughs> the rank and file members we called the Stormtroopers, um, obviously after <laughs> Star Wars, because we're, we're all we're all Star Wars fans. Um, so so it's very much um it's all a bit tongue in cheek, although I, I say that, but uh, Adam would probably get a little bit annoyed with me saying that because there's this, um, and I, I'm going to ask you, George, if you've heard of this, but uh, there's a, there's a uh, insult in, in the micronational community, which is calling someone a simulationist, which is when, uh, well, effectively, it's when it's all very make-believe and and it's kind of implying that your micronation isn't very real uh i mean there's a question to be asked about whether any of them are particularly real <laughs> but had you, had you had you heard of that as a uh as an insult george i absolutely had not but i definitely am going to use it as I, an insult i thought forward. you would yeah you're just going to call me a simulationist anytime i annoy you on it's... the show everyone will be able to get it now it'd be a it'd be a great reference it's a lot better than all the words I call you off the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's true. We couldn't broadcast that, George. No, we couldn't. We couldn't talk because I mean, most of the time it's just actually you bullying me. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm a big bully, listeners. I, you know, I hold my hands up to it. Well, look. All I'm saying, Callum, if I was the leader of a micronation, you would never be allowed into to cup land. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you think this poll will go? I think that mm, 55%, 55% of people will say, yes, they have heard of micronations. What about you? I'm going to go for 40% will say they have heard of micronations. But as always, there's only one way to find out. So please do go and vote on this poll. Have you heard of micronations? And you can do that at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. And we'll be back after this. Hello and welcome back. So before that break, we asked, have you heard of Micronations? To find out the results of that poll, please go to our Twitter page. That's at WizRadio. Well, unfortunately, it has got to that time now where Callum and I do have to say those famous words of bye bye So thanks for listening to To Be Discussed with Cup and Go. We do really hope you've enjoyed this episode. So as mentioned earlier, for the first segment of next week's show, we'd like you to send in your questions actually non-political questions for me and george to answer you can send in those questions by email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or through twitter that's at wizardradio so remember to send in your non-political questions for cup and girl to answer uh, and we're really looking forward to hearing those next week it is now time for george and i to say ciao for now so i've been callum Kerr. 
And as always, I've been George Cup. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week at the same time and the same place for another episode of To Be Discussed.